This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Happy New Year. Welcome into the first edition of At The Turn for 2022. Big show for you today. We're going to talk about Hawaii, a little bit of the PGA Tour, my experience there, Nick's experience. We got a mad golfer of the week. A wonderful Would You Rather return. Nick, I am so excited for this episode because it is an annual tradition here on At The Turn that you explain why the Tournament of Champions, the field comprised of only winners from the PGA Tour, in your estimation, is the easiest tournament to win. Should we open this way? No. Yeah, Joe. No, it's the hardest tournament to win. Oh, that's right. It's the hardest. It's the hardest. <laughs> You couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> okay. So explain why it's the hardest tournament to win. Well, first of all, how hard is it to win a tournament with 156 guys, a full field event? You know, is it less than a 1% chance of, of winning that tournament? Well, I think it depends on, on average. how you are. I, oh, yeah, on average. I think it's pretty difficult. Okay. Like, yeah, a one in... 150 something chance. Sure. Okay. So if you can't get into a tournament, you can't win it, right? Like I'm not going to win the US Open. It's a hard tournament, but I'm just not going to get into it, right? Like sure. My chances of winning the US Open, what are they? Wait, are we talking about They're you zero. And Heidelberger or yeah. are we talking My chances of winning the US Open are zero because I'm never going to get into that tournament. Well, yeah, your handicap needs to be a certain level and <laughs> it's, it's... you're a little bit away from that right now. I'm so. a ways away. So that's the whole point is the tournament of champions is so hard to win because it's so hard to even get into. It's like, it's like you're not going to marry Paulina Gretzky because you're never even going to date Paulina Gretzky. Well, I wouldn't say that's the the concept. Well, yeah, that's first example that came to my mind, but that's the whole concept is to get to win it. You have to get in it. Okay. And it's the hardest tournament to get into. I'm 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 really thrown off right now because I no. could have sworn your take no. for years was this no. was the easiest tournament to win. Are you saying that you never think I've this never is, said that. You think this is the hardest tournament to win? Name a harder tournament to win. <laughs> the Masters is harder to win than this tournament. Ah. Wow. This is this 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 throw throw me for a complete loop. I, I really thought your stance was 
this is the easiest tournament to win because it's a very like Nick explanation of, oh, well, I have to play 156 guys usually, but this week I have to play 35 guys and it's easier to beat 35 guys than it is to beat 156 guys. I could have sworn no, that it's, was your It's take. like, I don't know how many, um, like the cross section of like golf and soccer fans we have on this podcast, but it Probably would be some. like if you're in like the second league in the Euros in soccer, you have to get promoted and then win that next league. Like you're not even, you got, you have to do something incredible just to get the chance to, to have a one in 38 chance of winning this tournament. Like it's, it's so hard, man. So the tournament of champions you're saying is the hardest tournament. This tournament's harder to win than the U S open. Is it's, what you're it's, it's more of a playoff than the FedEx cup playoffs. Really? <laughs> you really just get the best of the best all together in one spot. Then you got to beat not only to get in there, but then you're competing against, other guys who also know how to close it out down the stretch, other guys who have won, you know, it's it's hard. The Look, best thing you could do to increase your chances of winning the Tournament of Champions is win like six times in the PGA <laughs> Tour because that takes five other guys that you don't even have to play against next January. Maybe that's why Tiger won it so much. He was probably only playing against like six guys every year. <laughs> yeah, he just won like 15 times a year and it was like him, Phil, and VJ. <laughs> I can't believe how thrown off I am by this. I would like to say that I'm dedicated enough that I'm going to go back to last year's episodes from January and listen, but I'm not. You win. I'm not going to try to argue with you on this. Now, I'm not, I don't really want to talk about the tournament that much other than to say it was it was <laughs> the you greatest. want to talk about Saturday morning's round? I'm, I'm not prepared for that. I mean, it's, it's basically the same story the entire weekend. It was the three best performances in PGA Tour history. So Cam Smith finished at 34 under. He was the winner. That's the best 72 hole total ever. John Rom finished one shot back 33 under the second best 72 hole total ever. And then poor Matt Jones shoots 62, 61 on the weekend has the third lowest total in PGA tour history. That's good enough for third place at Kapalua. Now, Nick, I'm going to be a bit of a jerk here, but I do kind of mean this. They play with preferred lies for four days, my man. Should there be an asterisk next to this? Should we qualify it? I know sometimes they play preferred lies at the Masters, but that's a pretty big deal in a PGA Tour event. Playing, with a, I know how much it helps me out there. It's a huge deal. I think when you're talking about scoring record, you should just assume the scoring record is going to come from around where preferred lies were in play. So I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about any, any other kind of context, yeah, it, it's worth noting, but like, a scoring record. Talk about prime conditions for a scoring record. Yeah, preferred lies. Like that's that's going to be part of it. Yeah, it's of course they eat up usually and they just ripped it apart. I mean, guys were twenty under and they didn't finish in the top fifteen. It's kind of crazy. That's that's not, that's like basically missing the cut if it was a full field event. Yeah, exactly. So I was fortunate enough to actually play Kapalua back in August, and I just want to take a little bit of time and explain my experience out there, Nick, if that's okay with you. Uh, please do, because I just found a gold mine that I'm going to reference a little later. Okay, I can't wait. Fantastic. Uh, while Nick does his research, I was lucky enough to play the plantation course out at Kapalua, I think in August, with one of my best uh, golfing buddies. It was about an hour and a half from where we were staying, and the tee time was at noon. And so, Nick, my thing is, when I'm getting to a place I've never played before, like a really, really nice course, I want to get there early, walk around, check out the merch, see the driving range, snap a few pictures. So 
originally I was going to drive up by myself in the rental car. And I'm like, great. Well, I'm going to leave two hours early, three hours early. I'm going to have a nice big breakfast. No, no one's going to bother me. God love my friends and my girlfriend. But all of a sudden it became a four-way trip. And we're going to drop the girls off in Lahaina. I think I'm getting that right. That's the town on the way to the top of the island. And we're going to have breakfast. I'm like, fine, we got to leave by nine. Great. We leave by 9am. It's fantastic. But we decide we're going to find a place on the way, which already makes me nervous because it's like we should have Google mapped the exact restaurant we were going to go to. We should have called ahead to see how long it was going to take. All all that good stuff. And mind you, it's in August. So COVID is viewed a little bit different at this time. It was kind of in that period of like, hey, we beat this thing. And folks were kind of relaxed. That really wasn't a factor. So anyway, we get to Lahaina. We're probably about two and a half hours from where we tee off. We find a breakfast spot. Well, it's very crowded. We're told a half an hour to wait, but hey, we got time. It's no big deal. We wait a half hour. We sit down. We order smoothies. It's been a half an hour. It's been 45 minutes. It's been an hour. I'm looking at my watch. I tee off in 70 minutes. We are 45 minutes away from Kapalua, and we have not been brought food. So we leave 30 bucks in the tables for the smoothies and the coffees. We get back in the car. We start walking as fast as we can before Wait, we without, get back. Without getting anything? I had a fruit smoothie and like two cups of coffee, and it's like 11 a.m., and I'm about to be outside for five hours. I'm like, I need a huge farmer's breakfast. I need the pineapple. I need all the spam you can possibly give me. Eggs, give it all to me. I get nothing. Fortunately, my friend Tabby, she grabs a couple of emergency muffins on the way out. So I slam a poppy seed muffin. We get to Kapaloo with about 15 minutes before the tea time to spare. We run inside. Mind you, I didn't bring any golf shoes, so I'm wearing like these terrible beater golf shoes. I run inside the clubhouse. He's like, very common presence. This dude, he's like, it's okay. Just check in, head down to the putting green, get a few putts. We're going to set you up with a couple of bags. We'll get you on the first tee. I'm like, okay, great. So we get you didn't even have clubs? No, I, I had to there rent 15 clubs minutes too. early. You got to check in. You got to rent clubs. You got to find the first tee. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like me. This sounds like a, a nightmare. It was, it, was, it was very stressful. But because I'm on a vacation with friends, the girlfriend's there. I'm trying, I'm trying, I was probably a psycho to them, but in my mind, I feel like I'm being very, very calm. Well, you're, it's one of those situations where it's, it's only important to you. It's not important to anybody else. So they're like, right. why does Joe need to get to this stupid golf course two <laughs> hours early? Like his tea times at 1215, it's 1210. Like he's got five minutes. What's the big deal? Yeah. That's the thing. It's not a big deal. We got there it's before the tea time. So we're there, we're there, we're there in plenty of time. So we get downstairs to the cart barn. We get all set up. We have a few putts. The first tee is ours. I have no idea what's going on. I've never hit any of these golf clubs before. I'm about to play the Tournament of Champions course of the PGA Tour. But it was spectacular. Everyone was so, so nice. And I have to say, at most places, I, I've, I've, I've been fortunate now that I'm in my mid-30s where I've played probably about a half dozen really nice resorts. I've been to Bandon, got up to Chambers. I played PGA West this fall, got out to Kapalua. And really all those resorts and places, the people at the facility have been so, so nice, so, so welcoming. There's not been a feeling of um, we're better than you or any sort of exclusionary. It's it's a really inclusive feeling thing. And Kapalua was at the top of the list of, of, of all that. It's not cheap, Nick. You're going to pay several hundred dollars to play Kapalua. It's the number one golf course in Hawaii. It's been that way for 20 years. But when you're out there, you know why. It's just a spectacular course. They spent a lot of time on the Golf Channel trying to show the undulations and the dips and all of that. 
there's a few times where they really caught it, but man, there are some situations where I thought I piped a tee shot and it ended up in like the long grass. And I was like, well, that's completely my fault for not like looking at the yardage book or just being too excited or having too many white claws, whatever the case may be. <laughs> my biggest takeaway from Kapalua, which is this is the advice I would give anybody if you're ever playing a really nice course. Nick, there's always going to be an old man on the first tee, okay? He's going to have a clipboard. It's going to seem like he just sits there and does nothing. That old man will always tell you two or three things about the golf course that you should take as gospel. All he said was, putts break towards the ocean, away from the clubhouse. No matter what you're doing, breaks putt toward the ocean, away from the clubhouse, hit it in the fairway, you're going to have a great time. So I just, I remember standing over this putt on two, I, I actually hit the first two greens in regulation. I shot 90, I'm not going to take you through the whole round. But I hit the first two greens in regulation. And I remember very vividly standing on the par three, or, yeah, the par three second hole. I have a 20 footer for birdie. I keep, and it breaks, the, the putt is downhill toward the ocean. And I hit it about 30 feet past the hole. <laughs> as soon as I hit it, I started laughing. So I was like, man, this guy told you this 20 minutes ago and already you're disregarding him. I shot 90. It was a great time. The only other thing I want to add, Nick, before I, I, I let you jump in is one of the coolest things about it is you'll notice if you watch on TV, there's tall grass everywhere. Some of it is marked as hazard. Well, for the recreational golfer, all of it is hazard. There's almost no out of bounds in the golf course because they know you're going to be in there for days yeah. looking for it. Yep. So I tell you, I, I swung free and easy off the tee because if I miss it left, ah, let's just drop it and try and make bogey. No big deal. Exactly. Spend the money. Go to Kapalua. That's that's a really good synopsis. Now, it, it like makes me think because there's a lot of these courses that you see on TV that you have access to. And I haven't I've never really I don't think I've played any PGA Tour venues I did. I did hit up a uh, Symmetra Tour venue this summer. Not the brag, Circling Raven, fun stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> but that's a real golf course. Oh yeah, that, that's fun stuff. Um, but I'm kind of curious. Like, like Beth Page is is like that's that's doable for me if I if I made it. Uh, you know, if I put it on my list, I could I could check sure. it out in the summer. Um, and I just feel like it would be a, a good experience. The Hawaii thing, like. All putts break towards the ocean. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, like, man. it's true though, man. And it, I and I never listened. <laughs> and and the best part about that is, as soon as you do the opposite of that, like the looks you get from everyone else in the group, it's like, what are you doing? I should not know which way. <laughs> you see the Pacific right there? <laughs> Hit it toward that. <laughs> the uh, thing about the so just sort of the nice like PGA venue golf course thing in general. Um, at the U.S. Open a couple of years ago at Pebble Beach, me and my dad went out on a Tuesday. He had never been there. He's a lifelong golfer. I've talked about him before on the podcast. And we both sort of had the same feeling. Like, this is awesome. It's so fun to be at Pebble Beach. I love watching these guys hit these shots. I would not pay $600 to play here. And it's nothing against Pebble Beach. It's just like a really interesting setup. But if it's not on the ocean, and this isn't a hot take. People say this all the time. If Pebble Beach wasn't on the ocean, it would just be a good golf course. And I think that's a good take. Bandon Dunes is on the ocean. But Bandon Dunes is worth it. Bandon Dunes is better than Pebble Beach. Like, it, it's not even close. What's your, like, threshold for dollar amount and frequency of, like, checking off these types of courses? Is it like, okay, I'd spend four or five hundred once a year, four or five hundred once every two or three years, 
couple times a decade. Like where, like for the, for the people listening to this podcast who don't just have like unlimited disposable income, like what's the good balance? Because at the end of the day, they're golf courses, and for a lot of people, for me, I can say it's ninety percent about the people you're with than than the course you're on. So like, where where do you kind of net out on that? Yeah, well, that's I'll I'll say this. My my buddy Andy was a last minute ad to the group at Kapalua, and he's the guy I golf with the most. He's sort of the uh, the Nick by proxy ever since uh, I left Idaho, and we we play all the time. And he wasn't going to play because of how much it cost, and I understand that. Like it's a three hundred and fifty dollar bill. You add clubs. We spent five hundred dollars. Yeah, I I I would say that's probably once a decade for me to pay that much to play one round of golf. Like the tolerance comes from. In the case of Kapalua, it's a course that I know I'm going to watch on TV every year at a very specific time. I would say aside from the Masters and Augusta and maybe like a couple of other famous tour stops, Kapalua is probably like the course I would want to play the most based on how often I see it on TV. And watching it this weekend, it was so worth it. Just to watch these guys rip apart a place that I struggled to shoot 90 at was so fascinating to me. But the perfect example is we're planning to go to Pinehurst in a couple of years. And we were thinking like, oh, do we want to play number two? There's nine courses out there. Number two costs $500. And the PGA Tour is there, what, once every 10 years? The LPGA Tour has their US Open there, you know, one, once every 10 years. So it's not a course that I'm familiar enough with where the payoff for me to enjoy it after the fact would be there. So we're going to play a couple of the cheaper courses that are more fun, but you're still at that kind of venue. Beth page, I think falls into that a little bit, but there's more, I don't know. It, 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 it's a little more in the category you're talking about, right. Of like the camaraderie and the experience, because that is the whole thing of like sleeping in your car and doing that whole thing that way. Have you ever played Beth page? I've, I've not. No, no. You, you, you've been up there, right? You saw the PGA there. I went to, I went to the PGA there. Yeah. Now walking it, does that, does that feel like a place that you'd be willing to drop some serious money? I would. I think I would. I mean, not necessarily the the course like itself, but just the fact that just the prestige. I mean, I I think, yeah, a couple of times a decade, I'd be willing to do that. Like I I really haven't done it, but if I had the opportunity, I I could see dropping a few hundred bucks and having like a memorable experience. If it was with the right people, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go by myself. But like if if you were out here or like, what if we had some bros and we could make it a night tailgate and do the whole, you know, make a whole day of it. Yeah. There's, there's that, that's fun stuff. I, I like that. But, yeah, I don't, you know, every once in a while. That's the thing. I don't think you can look at it and say, here is the fixed dollar amount that I would pay to play, you know, X knife go- nice golf course. It just depends on the situation. Like I was able to get to PGA West in October, and that's where they play the uh, the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic, whatever the hell they call it now. But it's a tournament they've had out in, you know, Palm Springs area for years and years and years. It cost me 150 bucks, and it's like, well, yeah, I'm definitely going to do this. And I got paired up with like a random golf dweeb, just like myself. And by like the sixth hole, we're taking pictures of each other, and we <laughs> had a great time out there. Like that was that was a great experience too. So I think it really depends on the situation, but just sort of by and large, I wouldn't want to pay 500 bucks to play golf really ever. Besides yeah, Kapalua, for sure. I mean. Imagine like if I made a birdie at Beth Page and then the Ryder Cup was there like two years later, like ever nobody would want to ever have a conversation with me because all I would say is, Oh, I buried that hole, uh, you know, and I would just there's 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 value to that. 
just imagining four beer Nick or maybe like no beer Nick doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, the tolerance too. is so low. It's 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 not even worth it. Bro, it's crazy. I had a White Claw at the pitching putt yesterday, and I was like, guys, I got to sit out for a few minutes. I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Um, before we shift to our uh, our our mad golfer of the week, I do want to remind folks, um, Nick and I were talking about the algorithm before we started recording. Folks, we really need your help. Um, Nick, are you able to articulate in like three to four minutes why uh, the reviews are so important for our podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I can take like 10 seconds. Give us a TED Talk, would you? Um, just just basically, I mean, I, I'm not a salesman. If you if you like the podcast, if you if you think it's decent, you know, if, if, if you've gotten some value out of it, throw a little something back for us. That's all. That's all I can really say. All right, that's bullshit. Folks, we need five stars from you. Give us five stars. We need you to rate and review. We have exciting things coming in the year. We have new partnerships that are going to be coming soon. Nick has a child. Help feed Nick's baby with a five-star review of At The Turn. You're already looking at your phone. Just hit the five stars. Type a little something in. Just say, hey, tell us what would be your threshold for playing at a really nice golf course. Tell us that. Five stars at the turn. While we're selling things, matchstickgolf.com, proud sponsor of At the Turn. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. It's the best discount out there. Dane Delgado, president of Matchstick Golf, was in my house no less than two weeks ago. He said it is the best discount available for all the places Matchstick Golf is being pumped right now. Plus, Matchstick Golf is is Awesome. Um, when Joe, when you first told me that we were we had a ball marker partnership, my I'm gonna be completely transparent here. My first no. my, my first reaction was, why is there a company that sells something that I literally get for a quarter every single time I'm on the golf course? Tell and then why. I saw these then I saw these ball markers and I was like, oh my god, this is this is awesome. And I put them in play in my men's league at Hemlock Ridge. Which I'm not going to compete in again, and ah, it's 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 just such a good feeling putting down a really cool ball marker on, on the green. It's, it's it awesome. is. I was playing yesterday. We had the floppy disc out there. The cheeseburger was out there. The pizza slice. I, I, I play with a very matchstick heavy group. Nick, they're all they're all they're all influencers for matchstick golf. We had the local comedian Shane Brendan out there. We had the aforementioned Andy Hainer. Matchstick golf turn twenty at checkout is the promo code. We love you, Dane. What are you sipping on right there? It's a it's a tree. I was just um, it's a tree house, which is a uh, local is a brewery. No, it's a it's a double IPA. Oh my god, American double. I can smell. And it from I was here. just noting how um, smooth it's going down for for what it is. It's uh, <laughs> is that what that was? Just a... <laughs> yeah. You... I, I, it's it's feeling a little light, but I I can't crack another one. Well, if you, if you want to get Treehouse to be a sponsor on the pod, just send them an email. See what happens. No, they're very uh, – they wouldn't be interested. <laughs> now, Nick, I talked a lot about my experience golfing in Hawaii. Uh, I've only visited there four times very briefly. You lived in Hawaii twice. So tell me about what it was like golfing in Hawaii and if you got any wrecks for the people out there. Yeah, I, I did spend some time thinking about this over the last week or so. And the two words that come to mind about golf – I specifically was on Oahu. And um, for two years as a golfer, almost two years, and the two words that come to mind are accessible and unique. Um, I had a Hawaii driver's license, 
And you can get this thing called like the Hawaii Golf ID card. And there's a, a network of municipal courses around Oahu, which is one of the islands, that are really awesome for super cheap, like 26 bucks on weekends for 18 holes. And you have your choice of like five or six courses. And they're all unique. They're all like you played some golf in Hawaii. You played um, some courses Royal I Hawaiian. recommended. Royal Hawaiian, which is which is unlike any other course you played that you you hit over all these ravines there's rainforest left if you miss right there's rainforest it's just it's just so much different there's huge mountains in the background it's 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 awesome it's it's really it's really cool and you get you get some courses where there's ocean views you might not get like the best conditions but you get if you're not paying like top dollar like 350 dollars around you might get some crabgrass but you're staring at the ocean, you're staring at mountains, you're, you're all these elevation changes. It's unlike anything else. And, and a lot of it is like accessible. When I say that you show up to the course, depending on where you are, you might just walk right on, have a quick three and a half, four hour round. It's the people, like you said, are super nice, welcoming. It's just a good vibe. It's a good experience. It's, it's super accessible. And I would I would highly recommend it if you're out on Oahu, visit some of the munis. Go find like a twenty to thirty dollar round, a twilight round if you can, and uh, take in some of that. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, and not to steal from Mad Golfer of the Week too much, but I have seen some folks get a little prickly at course conditions for courses that are on the Hawaiian Islands. And I have a couple of things to say to that. The first one is I saw a really good slideshow of what the course conditions were like when Ben Hogan, Byron Nelson, Sam Snead were playing at Augusta. And if you were on that course today, you would say it was a cow pasture. What I mean by that is play the course conditions that are given to you. Don't worry about it so much. Everyone's playing the same course. And if the Pacific is on the horizon, if there's jungle around you, if you see mountains and it's like gorgeous paradise, maybe just look around and enjoy that. And don't worry so much about some crabgrass here and there and just wanting your golf course to be pristine. Like maybe it's better environmentally to have the course have some crabgrass on it than to come out with some roundup, kill that damn thing so you're playing a perfect golf course. Well, you can't have... 30, I think I think there's 30-something golf courses on Oahu. You can't have 30 pristine courses that cost $150 a round. You you can't. You need you need the access and that they've made that a priority. And the fact that I, there's there's a golf course in just off Waikiki, the walking distance from Waikiki. It's called Alawai. And it's one of these, it's one of these municipal courses from the county of Oahu. And there was a year or a period of years where it was the most played golf course in the world. Like it got it got the most rounds played just because it's in such a tourist destination and there's it's such a highly populated area. And in Honolulu itself, there's not a lot of courses. You kind of have to get out a little bit. It's almost like New York City in that sense where like you're in a city, not a lot of real estate for for golf courses. Yeah, Waikiki, it's almost like the Vegas Strip a little bit. It, it is. So there's this course. It's super flat. It's it's super it's it's. It's just fun. It's, you know, it's a nice course, but there's not, it's not tricked out. You know, it's just, it's cheap. All the locals play there. And it's kind of like 
not like Beth page, but you show up, you don't make tea times. You just show up and, and check in. And if you want to play, if you want the first tea time of the day, you get there like in the middle of the night because it just stacks up. And I, I was, I avoided it for a long time. Cause I'm like, I don't want to go play this like super busy golf course and, you know, wait for hours. And then one day I just changed my mindset. I'm like, no, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to sit in the clubhouse for an hour or two and eat breakfast and drink coffee and put around and get my name called and play with some random guys. And, I did it and it was awesome. And it's just this like flat, boring course, but, but it's, you're in the middle of Honolulu and Waikiki's right there. And like the locals are super nice and chill and it's just fun. And you're like, this is 26 bucks. Like, hello, like why am I not doing this every day? That's the thing that kills me. If like someone goes to a course like that and they're like upset that there's grass in the bunkers, like you're in fucking Hawaii. Like, just enjoy what is happening around you. I, I, I can't wrap my mind around that. And fortunately, most of the people that you're going to get paired with are out there to do the exact same thing you are. They're just trying to chill, have a nice 18 holes. A hundred percent, especially going from Hawaii to New England. <laughs> the vibe. Where everyone is so tense all the time. Everybody is so tense. <laughs> Possibly the best course on Oahu. Uh, it's called Kahuku Golf Course. Um, it's another one of those munis. It's a nine holer. It's on the North shore. It out of the nine holes. I played it once. Cause it's a little bit, it's a little bit off the beaten path, but I don't know, maybe six or seven of them are just like on the water and you like have these ocean views and the, the, the wind from the Pacific impacts like every shot you have some incredible views. And again, it's just like this, this course, it's an average course. It's like any other muni that, that you play around your city. It's not tricked out you know it's it's not a it could easily be they could bring in some big name designer and and charge two three hundred dollars around and they would get it and it would be booked out all the time but it's not it's it's 26 bucks and you show up and you know you get the course you play and you're on the ocean and you you know bring your own beer and and you just have a good time it's like man there should be more places that approach golf this way i i think the sport would have a much better reputation did you spend much time in Maui? No, I didn't. I went I went a couple times for work for a golf mm-hmm. tournament at Kaanapali, but was literally 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. working and didn't get to do anything uh, on my own. Well, it's so funny because I, I never – so I've been to Oahu, I guess, three times, and I've been to Maui once. And I never played golf in Oahu, but the vibe that I got was exactly – that's not true. I did play golf in, in Royal Hawaiian at Oahu because I wanted to play like one of the more prestigious courses because I was always going to get one around in. But when I was Googling and looking for other courses, more of it was like the vibe that you're describing of like, hey, these are public golf courses. It's going to take a long time, but hey, it's cheap and you're in Hawaii. Maui, when I was researching, like I was trying to talk myself out of playing Kapalua, but most of the golf courses are going to be north of $200. Like, Maui is like, hey, rich tourist, come play these golf courses for a lot of money. And there was even some, you know, quote unquote, municipal courses that were near where we were staying. And we checked out the prices of them because you could see them from the main highway. And it's still like 150 bucks to play munis like during the week. So you're going to pay a premium rate. So if you want to pay the money, you can go to Maui and play these resort courses. But if you're going to Oahu and you're going with your family or your wife or your husband or whatever the case may be, like maybe check out some munis like Nick is saying. I think that's the way to go. It's the two polar opposites, but I think you're going to get more bang for your buck. 
doing what Nick suggested. Yeah. I mean, I think the good analogy is um, I was talking to somebody over over Christmas who's retiring this coming up summer, you know, and I said, like, what are you going to do? Where are you going to travel to? She said, you know, I don't like going places and being a tourist. Like I want to like kind of get to know the culture a little bit. And like that's – You want to go to a resort course. You go to Maui, play a resort course, be a tourist. That's all good. Or go to Oahu, play a muni, get in with the locals and do that. It's two different experiences. It is. And it really is just kind of what you're up for and what your pocketbook will allow you to do. Nick, I'm excited to bring back the Mad Golfer of the Week if you're ready. I'm ready. Oh, well. I had to look at Kapalua, the plantation course. So for folks that are unfamiliar, what we do is we look. No matter how nice the venue, someone will be mad about what's happening out there. And sure enough, folks did not disappoint. This is user U0000475510. And they gave Kapalua, the plantation course, the course you just saw on TV for four days. I mean, it's it's just golf paradise, right? It looks spectacular. Here's what this golfer said. It's titled, Too Hard for Hackers. Here we go. Too many valleys with high rough to hit over. Views were great, but no real ocean holes. No real ocean holes, this person says. No is, real ocean holes. What does that mean? Like you're you're at risk of hitting your ball into the ocean. I so Lacey and I like talked that, about that. this for about five minutes. What it actually <laughs> means, and I, I think what they're saying is that the left side of the fairway, if you miss it, it's rough, and the right side is the Pacific. I think that's what they're going for on this golf course. Um, I think I took like 200 pictures conservatively while I was at Kapalua. Views and scenery are not in short supply there. I am so shocked. This person says play Ka'anapali or Wailea instead, which are resorts of very similar standing and price. I I don't know what to say about this person. They gave it three out of five stars, so they didn't hate it. Too hard for bogey golfers. I can give you that, but like I said earlier on, you're not hitting like it's 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 the biggest fairways in the world, so you have that advantage, and you're really not hitting over long grass very often. Like it's not it's not like you have a 200 yard carry to get to the fairway. Like there's maybe like a 40 yard carry sometimes, but it's like if you can't get the ball in the air, why are you paying 500 bucks to play golf anyway? Yeah, lot lot to unpack there, Kana Polly. <laughs> I I don't think. Um... I have spent some time there because I worked to this golf tournament that was there for a couple of years. Yeah. And I think there's some, some ocean views, but I don't, I don't think there's any real ocean holes on that course either. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Also too, too hard for, for bogey golfers. Like you don't, you don't want to play a hard court. Like you're playing a once in a lifetime or a bucket list or a, a PGA tour event. Like, do you want it to be easy? Like, do you want it to be easier than your, your course at home? <laughs> or do you want it to be like, oh, this is the challenge that people are, that the, the best players in the world are given? Like, what what is too, what is too hard? Like, what what is too hard about it? Like, well, this person is want, not like, a like, You went out there, 
a single digit, a five handicap, and shot ninety, and you're like, "Yeah, man, like yeah. that's that's awesome." Like I hit a par five and two. I had a two putt birdie. Like I played like crap most of the day. The best part of the round, I didn't tell you this. I had a tuna on croissant that I paid mm. like nineteen dollars for. <laughs> After one bite, I would have given them all the money in my wallet. It was the most delicious sandwich I ever had in my life. It was probably tuna straight from the ocean and not probably. from a can. Yeah, exactly. It it was incredible. Um, look, sir, sir, if you can't have fun playing this golf course, regardless of what your score is, like, then you're playing the wrong game. If Kapalua doesn't do it for you, you're playing the wrong. Take up a new activity. I hear bowling's fun. Get some shoes, a nice ball, roll it down the lane. Maybe try that out. I'm shocked. And that is the mad golfer of the week. Nick, before we close up shop, and this may take a while. Yeah, but I, I think it will. I, I, I have a feeling we're going the opposite direction on this. We've done this long enough, and we've been friends long enough, where if I pose a question, I think I usually know what side you're going to land on it. Now, I know the beginning of the podcast immediately contradicts that statement, considering where I thought you were going to go about the Tournament of Champions. But in any event, I saw this, and I, and I, and I, and I had to bring it to the Atheturn patrons, and I had to bring it to you. It's the return of Would You Rather. Would you rather have a five-foot putt for $500 or a 50-foot putt for $50,000? And Nick, before you answer, can I set up what the scenario would be prior to you hitting this putt? Sure. It's not going to change my answer, but yes, please. No, I know, but I just, I just want to give you the flavor okay. around it. Yeah, yeah. So you're playing in a scramble. Mm-hmm. It's me, you, Romy, Martinick. You're, yeah. Team Ice is back together. Let's wow. It's already a great time. We're playing very well. We've completed nine holes. We're four under par. We're, we're, we're playing okay. It's okay. We're not out of it. We're playing okay. Yeah, we we're, could do better. We're, we're about to pass the clubhouse, and we see this challenge in the putting green. It's, it's a raffle that's taking place in the tournament. Your name gets drawn, and you, Nick, and you alone have the opportunity to hit a putt. Five feet for $500. 50 feet for $50,000, okay? I'm watching, Romy's watching. We've probably got a couple beers in us. Martin calling his wife because he's a good family man. He's not watching. But me and Romy are all over you, okay? <laughs> checking in on the kids. He has to. He's got, he's got so many of them. So, Nick, what do, what do you do? Do you take the five-foot putt for $500 or the 50-foot putt for $50,000? I mean, you, you know what I'm, what I'm doing, right? I know what you're going to say. You're going to take the shorty. Yeah. Why? Okay. <clears throat> Would you rather have a 75% chance at getting $500 or a 3% chance at getting $50,000? The 3% chance no. every time. Yes. Yes. I'm going to take the short putt and people are going to care. Everyone's going to be crowded around, standing around the green like it's the last putt of the Masters. And you better believe I'm going to roll that baby in. I'm buying everyone a drink. The 500 is spent before I even leave the golf course. Everyone has a great time. We have this great memory. It is something I'll be telling my kids about for decades. The 50-footer, as soon as you hit it, you know the speed is off. The line is off. It doesn't have a chance. And it's it's gone like a fart in the wind before it even gets halfway to the hole. And you'll never think of it again. So if there's a 75% chance you make the putt, 
that means there's a 25% chance you missed the putt. Which means there's a 97% chance I'll be in the exact same situation that I would be if I took the long putt, but everyone will be so invested. It'll be so exciting. Like, think about the excitement. Think about it this way. Okay, it's the 18th hole of the Masters. And Tiger has a putt to win. If it's a 50-footer, you're like not very excited. You're like, ah, I know he's going to miss it. Like technically this putt's to win, but we're just hoping he doesn't three putt to, you know, like not even get into a playoff. At that point from 50 feet, you're probably more likely to three putt than you are to make the, make the first putt. At least from five feet, everybody's invested. You're like, he's probably going to make this, but he still could miss. It's not a, it's not a gimme, but he should make it. Like it's exciting. It's a There's free real- throw. It's yeah. a free throw versus a three quarter court heave. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like we keep saying things to strengthen our own arguments and it's making the other person feel better about like you're saying like, oh, it's only a 3% chance, a 3% chance at $50,000. Yes. Yes. Joe, let me ask you this. Okay. You, you wake it's tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday morning. You're, <sighs> you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. Yeah. Are you going to go? And, and check into work at a job that you're you're pretty confident is going to give you a, a, a paycheck that's enough to pay the bills and, and cover your life expenses and, and you know get you there. Or are you going to go to the gas station down the street, the mini mart, and just buy a shitload of lottery tickets and say I could get millions? By the time you're listening to this podcast, I may already be a millionaire. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I think if given the scenario that I gave you. Like, I would miss the hole from five feet. I just would. There's no way I would even get close to the hole. And the reason why I want the 50-foot putt is, even though it's a very small chance I make it, there is no pressure on me. A five-footer for 500 bucks, it's the ultimate pressure. And I couldn't – I would rather not have the putt than have to hit that putt. It's too much pressure. I don't want to deal with it. That's the fun. 50-foot putt for $50,000. Seven days a week. It is not even a question in my mind that that would be the better thing to do. $50,000 is life-changing money. That is life-changing yeah. money. You're chasing something that is never going to happen. Uh, have you made a 50-foot putt? Sure. Uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> That's, it's possible. It's possible. I just sure. don't think the sure. five-footer for the 500 bucks is enough juice the reward isn't enough for the embarrassment that I would feel for having to play nine. Because I wouldn't be think. guess what? I'd be hitting everything in the woods, the back nine, baby. You would have three people in your scramble from here on out. You you, you couldn't count on me for anything. After missing I think that the fact five, that you can, I think the fact that you can miss the five-footer is so enticing. It's like, really? I, sh- I should make this, but, you know. I might not. And like everybody's invested. Everybody's invested. You know what I mean? It's just, it's exciting because. I'd rather watch you hit the butt than putt it myself. I'd I'd stand up there and and shove it and hit the back of the cup. (laughs) And if I miss it, if I miss it, we'd still be talking about it. That's the whole point is everyone's invested. Everyone cares. It's exciting. If you have this long shot, nobody cares. You're going to miss it. Nobody's ever going to think of it again. Eh, it's like it never happened. If someone yelled, hey, Matchstick Golf is sponsoring this hole. Joe's going to putt for $50,000. Get out here. No, that doesn't do it for you? No. Marduk will be like, uh, 
I guess I'll find out if he makes it or not, but he's probably not going to make it. And like, no one's, no one's going to care. You're probably, you're probably not even going to get close. Like, it's probably going to be, I don't know. You probably have a five footer coming back. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not, I don't have to two putt. I can take a run at it. Here's yeah, the where the, the five patrons foot, come yeah. down. Are you ready? Yeah. 62% agree with Nick. They'd rather have a five foot putt for $500. So 62% of Twitter respondents are cowards. 38% no. the 50 foot putt. Hold on. For 50,000. Hold on. You're calling the, the five foot crew cowards. Yeah. You said you don't want the five footer for fear of missing it. It's you got to embrace. You got to embrace that fear. It's that and the potential great rewards of making the fifty foot putt. It's not the fifty thousand. It's 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 the fear of missing the five footer. I think that's what makes it so fun. Like you got to accept the fact that this that you might miss this putt. I, I I'll tell you I'll tell you this. This is my putting mindset. Not to go too far off. Wait, off a at path. all times or just this putt? At all times. Okay, great. I I committed to myself in twenty twenty one to not leave any putts short. Like I, I saw some data and, and you know, like you're going to have a lower putting average over the course of a season if every putt gets to the hole or beyond. Like I have more three putts by volume than, than I would have if I just got everything to within six inches of the hole. But I have to accept those three putts. I, I three putt, I say, I don't care because I know for a fact I'm taking fewer putts to get through the course of the season. Some of those long ones go in, you know, if I hit one that's a foot long, same as a foot short, I have a better chance of making more putts. The, bot- the bottom line is it took me fewer putts to get through the season. So I've learned to accept that more three putts by by volume is, is part of that equation, but it all averages out in my favor. So you're saying the consequences of missing putts no longer enters your mind. You're trying to hit the back of that cup every time, and that's and that's what you're taking into 2022, and that's what you're taking into this $500. That's what I'm taking. That. If I miss that putt, I can live with it. Great. Absolutely want, live with that. I want you hitting the putt more than me then because that's not my mindset over a putt. My mindset is let me put my hands forward. All right, do I breathe in? I'm going to take an upward stroke and try to descend down into the ball. I'm a basket case. It's pretty bad. But fortunately, it's January. We're just talking about golf right now. We have months and months before we have to worry about getting on the golf course. Can we get Smoot back on this? I want to do a... Uh, a reset with Smoot. Yeah, we got we got to find a day he's not partying. <laughs> can we can we ha- have an extra day in the week? That's probably what we're gonna have to do. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? That's no. that's it for me. That's it for me. Okay, folks. Again, rate and review the podcast. Give us five stars. Matchstickgolf.com promo code turn twenty at checkout. This was a lot of fun. This is our fifth year of doing this podcast, Nick. That's insane. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Let's make it our best. All right, let's do it again soon. Thank you so much for listening, and um, you know, hit them straight. <laughs> <laughs>